delivering clear, concise, and entertaining content on demand, this is SharperTalkMedia.com. Join the community. Welcome to Hire Up, the podcast designed to help you take your business to a higher level. Get the latest news and updates on everything human resources. Unlock the occupational DNA so you can identify, select, develop, and retain top talent. And now your host, John Beck. Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode of Higher Up, the podcast devoted to everything human resources and taking your organization to a higher level. Our guest today holds a Bachelor of Science in Landscape and Ornamental Horticulture from Auburn University and is a PGMS Certified Grounds Manager and Certified Arborist. Let me tell you, he can grow things. As the director of landscape services at the University of Mississippi, he grows plants, he grows people, and he grows ideas. He's a problem solver, understanding that doing more with less is a 21st century mandate. He's developed his approach to managing resources and developing personnel with his Grow Theory, a management and professional development approach based in the belief that all humans either strive for or have within them the elements of greatness, resilience, opportunity, and wisdom. They need a fertile environment to grow. Taking his staff, affectionately known as weeders, and developing them into leaders has been a joyous challenge that has reaped acres of rewards and recognition from national organizations. He's designed a professional development plan for his weeders called Landscape University, a replicatable training program that promotes individuals' innate ability to grow. Jeff McManus, welcome to the show. Thanks, John. I am glad to be here. Excited. Well, we are really excited to have you, even though you come from a part of the country that typically it's hard for me to utter the words from my mouth. Tell our audience where that is, Jeff. Well, John, I'm in what we uh, affectionately call the holy land of Mississippi. Uh, That would be called the University of Mississippi, also known as Ole Miss. Ah, yes, Ole Miss. (laughs) Just to remind you guys, I'm right outside of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And, of course, that uh, certainly means SCC and uh, Louisiana State University and LSU. And, of course, LSU football and LSU and Ole Miss uh, have had a great friendly rival. It's always been a good experience, right? It has been. It's, that's the fun part about working where I get to work is enjoy the rivalry, but it, it pushes each other. It pushes our institutions to be better and to grow in that competition. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I've really enjoyed uh, being a part of the Ole Miss system now for 16 years. What I'd like to do is just kind of let you take us back to – around 2000, I think it was 2000, that you started uh, at the University of Mississippi uh, in a position over the entire grounds of the university. Is that correct? That's right. That's right. We have about a thousand acres here, John. And at the time, the chancellor, uh, Robert Kayat, had had gotten a private donation from an alumni who wanted to 
uh, buy into the vision of what Chancellor Kayette at that time had of creating a beautiful uh, campus to help not only with those who already worked here, but to help recruit new students as well. The big thing that got me here was once this gentleman donated lots and lots of money, right. he came back six months later and literally his investment had died. Wow. And so, <laughs> and so that didn't set well with him. And, and so they started stirring the, the pot and shaking the bushes, sure. so to speak. Yeah. And, and my name bubbled up. And so anyway, long story, I'm here and I found a very uh, dysfunctional at the time, just uh, everybody duck and cover, pointing the fingers, uh, sure. a lack of leadership. And actually, I thought it was the best situation I could walk in because uh, walk into because, in my opinion, there was nowhere to go but up. It, it was all in the ground. Nothing was growing up. That's right. So That's right. when you assess the situation, it wasn't just from the uh, environmental issues that were going on on campus in terms of their horticulture, but the human culture of what was going on as well. Well, that's true. That, that's, and that's what you, that's the key to any successful operation is, is the people, is the people assets. Those are our best assets. Uh, I used to focus a lot on, on just growing plants. Now uh, I've learned to focus a lot more on growing people and they will grow great plants. As you went through this process and the university has received numerous awards. Uh, it's, it's well documented, national awards from from you know every every corner of the country in terms of what you guys have been able to do there. Growing, and and not to underestimate the challenges of growing from a horticultural standpoint. And I know there's challenges there because I tell you what, I try to grow my own little garden and I struggle with it. But when you talk about growing people, that is a challenge. Take us through. What are some of the processes or steps that, when you talk about growing an individual, what are we talking about? Well, number one is if if I'm not growing, I can't expect my organization to be growing. So I'm constantly working on Jeff. I'm working on me, uh, developing me, and getting a, to be a better leader. And so in that, I wanna I wanna work on spreading those core beliefs and values to those that I work with. And that's going to be critical. We tend to, as leaders and managers, focus only on results. Right. And when we focus only on results, we, we focus on the actions on how to get those. And and that may be fine for a while, but, but what happens when we go back into the office or we go back around the corner and we're not there and we're not sitting there waiting for the results? Sometimes it it can if the people don't have the beliefs, the same core thoughts, then you lose a lot of momentum. You end up re, redoing things. And so what I found is, is I needed to focus on the beliefs, the core values of what we believed in, right. and then how we were going to get there. And it, that has really been a game changer for us. The nurturing of it. Yeah. So when we talk about, I hate to relate it back to horticulture side, but you know, you don't stick a seed in the ground, drop a, drop a teaspoon of fertilizer on it, walk away and hope that it grows into what you want it to be. That's right. You're speaking my language, John. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, you got to cultivate the ground. I mean, literally, you've got to do something to, to prepare people. And as a leader, I have to have a vision. Now, I'm, I'm a department leader. I have several departments that, that answer to me. But if I don't have a vision of where we're going and what we're doing, um. People don't get excited. Um, people will start 
coming up with their own reasons. Well, we're here for just a paycheck. Well, we're just here for a pension. Right. And those are, those are reasons why we may work, but they're not reasons that excite us, mm-hmm. that project us into the next level of results where we begin to see exciting results where you do start coming in with national championships and you start seeing people mentoring other people younger than them to help them buy into what's going on and you actually start seeing lives change that's that's what ignites us and gets us excited that leads us to basically we're talking about culture change within the organization you talking in terms of taking your vision you continuing to grow and nurture what you're doing and then getting others around you to get that buy-in and that belief factor i was Looking at some of your information earlier, and you talked about the diamond in the weeds and the paperweight. Well, there's a great story out there. My friend Kent Julian tells from uh, from Atlanta, Georgia, and I I just use Kent's story that a gentleman was out in the Appalachian Mountains, and he was a rock collector. Mm-hmm. He came across this really neat rock and uh, picked it up and carried it back to his office and basically used it as a paperweight. And a couple of months later, a gentleman walked by his desk and said, hey, what's this? And, and picked up the paperweight. And the guy says, oh, it's a rock I found in the uh, Appalachian Mountains in, the, in one of the streams there. And he held it up to the light and he looks at it and he goes, this isn't just any ordinary rock. He goes, this is a sapphire. <laughs> he goes, judging by the size of this sapphire, this alone just by the way it is right now uncut is worth over two hundred and fifty thousand dollars <laughs> he goes that's a nice expensive paperweight he goes but if you'll spend time with this and get it to a skilled person and let them cut it and let them smooth it and work with it he goes this paperweight will be more than likely over 13 carat and it'll be worth more than $4 million. Oh, wow, yeah. And it's like, you're using it for a paperweight. Mm-hmm. And that's the way I, I believe a lot with our teams and our staff. There's a lot of paperweights, people who are there just functioning. They're mm-hmm. there doing a job, but there's no passion. There's no excitement. There's not that $4.2 million superstar that they're waiting to be discovered. They're waiting for somebody to discover them and to take them to the next level. Mm-hmm. And as a leader, I realize I've got to have a little bit of excitement about what we're doing and help help create that vision of what we're doing. See, we want to be one of the best landscaped campuses in America. We right. want to be one of the best of the best. And so we talk about that often. We talk about that and what it takes to be there. And then we talk about the reputation we have as a department. Yes. And that makes all the difference in the world. It got so that, John, we even created our own landscape creed. We created our own creed that we actually say each Monday morning as a group after our department meeting on what we believe, our core beliefs and how we function. And I believe that's helped as new people have come on board to help them realize what our culture is all about. It becomes bigger than the individual. The individual is part of it, but the culture is that they're working for more than just a job. They're working for something meaningful behind it. That's exactly right. They have a purpose. When you can get 
a culture to that point, that's when not great things happen, but extra extraordinary things happen at that point. And that's the type of results that you guys have seen at Ole Miss. When we do our job metrics, we should have close to 60 people in our department doing mm-hmm. the 1,000 acres that we have. Mm-hmm. We have, I believe last count, we have 33. Four of those are administrative type positions. So you really get down to we're, we're below, we're below half of what we really need to do it. Right. Wow. But because when you, in that formula, nobody calculates for passion and buy-in, people who love what they do. Now, I'm not going to tell you everybody on our crew has, has gotten on board. We're like any other department. We're going to struggle with any other challenges. But I'm going to tell you our culture, I have been pleasantly surprised. And I wish I'd have caught a hold of this earlier in my career. Right. How much better my job is, how much less drama I deal with, how much less uh, aggravation because people have bought into what we're doing. There's a bigger purpose, a bigger picture. And in that, they feel more fulfilled. They like it. They get the kudos on the back when they go to the local mm-hmm. grocery store and people see their uh, brand across their chest that has the, the company name, the old Miss name, and they go, you work out there? And they just, they're, they're like little rock stars. <laughs> and so that's, that's- that is a great, great feeling to have that is awesome and from this process that you've taken this this department and and more so the university through i know a lot of things have come out of that tell us a little bit about landscape university we try to as we're developing through this we want to come up with a systematized way to be able to be able to do this when jeff's not here mm-hmm. to do this in another department where jeff's not present and so we came up through a process called Landscape University. And now what we do is um, we actually have levels. We have a 100 level all the way up to level 700 and where we take our staff through the different levels depending on which area they're gonna work in. And a lot of it deals with how to technically do their job. Mm -hmm. The great part of this, John, is our staff help develop every aspect along the way they had pieces where they participated so this didn't become this program jeff was trying to you know push down the the group's throat sure Uh, i let them have input so when we said hey when the new person comes to work what did they need to know about pruning and they would you know they would raise their hands they'd shout out all these things and we'd write them down and we started developing these small short classes you don't want to have these things forever and forever right right we created this and then came up with a, a system in which to start taking our folks through them. Now, you being in HR, you might appreciate this. Once we came up with a outline on how we were going to do this, John, I took this to our HR department. Of course, I, I took it to my boss first, right. HR, and I said, hey, what do you guys think about if they were to get through these levels if we did some type of personal growth raise or some kind of raise like that? And we were able, because the university here does do personal growth raise, able to get our HR department to go along with that for our frontline teams to do better. And to actually, once they complete levels 300 and level 400, they, they're eligible to get a raise wow. or they do get a, a little personal growth raise. Now, John, I don't focus on that during the training. That's sure. not what 
that's not what motivates people to do. You're uh, exactly right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know that yeah. in an HR world, but some people get lost in that and say, well, we can never do raises. We can't do landscape. You Well, landscape. You really has very little to do with landscaping. It's more of a way to give people a system to create buy-in and to create ownership into a, what you're doing. Um, I'm actually working with a moving company, a company that moves people from city to city and teaching them how to do it uh, with their new uh, business as well. So it, it works across the board. So it's a, it's a process that can be taken and applied virtually overlaid over any type of organization. I have not found an organization yet that I can't use it in. I'm sure there's going to, I'm going to come across one, but <laughs> you know, there's, these work pretty good and they're, and they're organic. They're organic <laughs> in that some people want to come and just copy and paste ours. And I'm like that, mm-hmm. you're, that's not going to work for you. Yeah. What we do here is not going to work for you. You've got to go through the process and, and I'll, and I'll help people through that. We actually, the first Wednesday of every, in, in, in April of every year, we do a conference here uh, on campus for a day and a half to, to show people the system. And then um, I also do that as well. The, uh, with the licensing rights I have, I do it as well uh, and teach people how to do it. Right. Well, I can tell you, looking over your information and the way you have merged, you've taken a job function that you don't typically think a lot about in terms of taking an individual and moving them along the path. And, and the beauty of it is it's so fitting when you're talking about growing people and nurturing and developing. I mean, it just, I'm going to tell you, I think you have a home run. Did you notice earlier on how easily I was speaking the language? The yeah. language is adaptable because people understand it, basic horticulture. I mean, people understand, look, you got to put it in the ground. And it's about planting seeds. You know, you have to plant a seed. You have to take care of it. You got to nurture it. You've got to work with it. You've got to do, take all these necessary steps for, for it to truly achieve maximum opportunities that that can be there. And and, and the language and, and the crossover is just phenomenal. Morgan James out of New York Publishing just picked up your book, Growing Weeders to Leaders, right? That's right. And let's talk about that. So let me, give us a little information about the book. And I really want you to touch on, which I know is part of it, growth theory. Well, thanks, John. You're, you're very kind. Uh, the, the book has been exciting. It's just been a natural uh, flow of, of the growth process as people continue to ask and, and, and things. So I wanted to put, put it down on what, what we've done, a little bit of our story. But the, basically, the, the structure of the book is the simple word grow, G-R-O-W. And the G stands for greatness. We talk about most people uh, feel like Greatness is, is an athlete or entertainer or something that maybe they can never achieve and they don't feel comfortable with the word greatness. But we talk about greatness and how we do our job each and every day. Greatness comes in the way you do it and how you do it. It's not what you do. You know, Martin Luther King Jr. had the great quote, and, and I'll paraphrase, about the street sweeper. Mm-hmm. And he talked about, hey, the, be the best. Be the If you're a street sweeper, be like Michelangelo. You know, be... Be like all these greats, but be the best. And so we talk about greatness. Then we move on to any time anybody is trying to do something great, you're going to hit obstacles. You're going to hit barriers. You're going to hit things that just 
seems to knock you down. So that brings us to R, which is resiliency. Yeah. And the best resiliency is your team, Mm -hmm. to work with your team, to work through problems. You know, Napoleon Hill says one of the most common causes of failure is the habit of quitting when one is overtaken by temporary defeat. Yes. And, you know, you can't quit. So (laughs) I'll share a quick, I have time for a quick story. Absolutely. Resiliency. We, we clean up the grove here in campus. It's a 10-acre center of campus green space. And we, when Ole Miss plays football, teams like LSU, it's just a huge tailgating event. And typically, 60 to 90 tons of garbage is left in the grove. Wow. Well, this was, John, this was just, when I first came here, it was overwhelming. We would spend all day Sunday cleaning up the grove and and, our, and you could literally just see the shoulders of our people go from being proud of what they were doing to just slumping over. And it was it was this, woe is us, right. poor us. Yeah. And, and the media would come out, John, and take pictures, and they would mean really well. And, and, and they'd say, come on, you little buckaroos, you can do it. You know, we, we feel your pain. And, you know, it was, it was this culture of sympathy and, and, and wang, right. and crying. I'm like, you know, winners don't whine. Winners find a way to win, John. Right. And so we took it to our staff and we said, guys, how can we change this? How can we make this better and make this lemon into lemonade? And so one of our staff raised a hand and goes, I know, I know. Let's close the Grove on game day. <laughs> okay, next. Next. So, we, so you can't close the Grove on game day for those who don't know. It's just a huge area to where everybody's going to be and that's where that's where we meet and so somebody said what if we came in at midnight midnight after the game and we cleaned up the grove then but what if we hired some some people to help us like maybe some nonprofit groups like the student groups that are looking for fundraisers like the baptist student union maybe the rotc groups and that worked Incredibly well. It it took us a few times to figure it out. We bumped our knees and kicked uh, our shin a l- little bit, but we got that system working. Where our biggest game to date was the Alabama Ole Miss game two years ago. Mm-hmm. We, we were on ESPN uh, game day, record crowd. I think Alabama was number one. Ole Miss was in the top five. Right. Ninety tons of garbage john i wow. mean that's that's a space shuttle and a half of garbage across 10 acres and God. i mean i have pictures of it it makes me sad to see it yeah but john i'm going to tell you we had close to 200 people here now eight of them were my full-time staff right right the rest were college students high school students from the local area who used it as a cleanup uh work and john we cleaned it up in less than three hours. That is incredible. It, it was such a neat, unique experience. The New York Times wrote about that incident in their paper. So that was <laughs> <laughs> that was crazy. Yeah. It was just so much fun to be able. And so we turned that lemon into lemonades and that resiliency. And so now, instead of us dreading cleaning up the grove, we actually kind of look forward to it because we've got it, it's an it's easy a, yeah. lift. It's easy, it's a challenge, and we're going to take it on head on, and we know what we're doing. That's fantastic. Brings us to O. O, which is the opportunity. Mm -hmm. Opportunity often looks like a challenge. You know, we don't like to say problem, but we like to say an opportunity. And for us, that's how Landscape University came about. We had a challenge of consistency, being adaptable, being able to 
have a high quality, same consistency all over campus. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I could get out there and beat the drum and get everybody excited, but then we would go, we would fall off. And right. then we would, you know, have to go and do it again. So Landscape University came out of that. And so that gave us a great opportunity to develop a system. And now our all those things I mentioned have gotten so much better because our staff are empowered for accountability that goes horizontal. Oh, yes. And you know what that means. But, yeah. you know, it's not just Jeff going out there and saying, hey, this doesn't meet our standards. Now it's the guy on the front line looking at his buddy and going, hey, <laughs> this isn't our standard. Yeah, you we can do better. We do yeah. better. We do better work. The accountability that's horizontal now mm-hmm. is incredible. John, I have so much more free time now, less stress mm-hmm. because of Landscape University. It is a game changer for me, which takes us to W, which is walking in wisdom. Right. Right. So what we did, John, to prepare to cultivate for Landscape University, to, to cultivate our people, is to continue to get them around people who thought positively, who think in terms of solutions, who think in terms of goal setting, to be better, to be the best. So here's what I did. I started having Monday morning meetings, right. and I would invite guests to come down and we did it this morning. We had a meeting today. Today's Monday. So we just had a guest come down and he talked about how we affect his department up on the main campus. He talked about how landscape services affects administ- uh, admissions to the university. And he told us some of the stories he hears. Well, our staff internalize that. They take that to heart and they know that their work is more than just cutting grass. It's more than just trimming the bushes. Now that they continue to see themselves as recruiters, you know, they may be recruiting the next Hannah Gay who came within a whisper of curing HIV a few years ago or the next Eli Manning who's going to play football. Right. And so we'll (laughs) do these little crazy things to change the mindset. That's walking in wisdom, keeping people positive. Also, John, one of the little crazy things we do is we actually do a book. We read a book together. Uh, we read a lot of John Maxwell, Zig Ziglar type things. Right. We, we'll do DVDs. We'll do TED Talks. I am always looking for those types of stories and people that can influence us to walk in wisdom. Because when you're walking in wisdom, it'll not only change the work environment, it'll change it'll change a person's personal life. Mm-hmm. When yeah. their personal life is better, their work life's a lot better. Can, how can folks reach you? Because I can tell you, I've heard Jeff speak. If you are looking for a speaker who can come in and give your organization a uniquely different perspective as a keynote, uh, breakout sessions, whatever that may be, I highly recommend Jeff. And also from a consulting standpoint, where do, where do folks find you, Jeff? Well, thank you, John. You're very kind. I'm, I'm at jeffmcmanusspeaking.com. Okay, and, and that's jeffmcmanusspeaking.com. And, of course, we will have all of Jeff's contact information at our, our site, which is hrhigherup.com. There will be a page devoted to Jeff there, uh, all of his information, contact information. And what about the book, Jeff, Growing Weeders to Leaders, Hit, hit the Market? I, I believe 
the Morgan and James has not confirmed yet on, on the date, but it's either going to be uh, in October or we'll do it in January of 17. Right. I've got a feeling it's going to be January of 17. That's what I'm thinking. All right. So we're getting close on that. And I'm sure uh, as that date gets closer, uh, you'll have updates on that on your site. That's right. And I'm, I'm of course, on all the social media, LinkedIn and, and Twitter and and so forth at Jeff McManus. All right. And uh, anything else, Jeff, that you would like to leave our listeners with in uh, our group? Well, John, what HR folks do is amazing. I, I always see that myself as a resource to help HR folks. HR folks have helped me so much over my career and how they give us the blueprints so many times to keep our organization out of trouble, but um, can just take us in the right direction. And so I want to thank you for this this podcast and for what you're doing to help spread the word and to, and to get better folks, better people doing what they really want to do. Well, there you have it, folks. Uh, Jeff McManus, Growing Weeders to Leaders. And I can tell you, it is a process that I certainly believe in. I'm looking so forward to the book. I know there's some tidbits and, and great nuggets of information in there that we are certainly going to look at uh, implementing within our own organization. And if you, again, are looking to contact Jeff directly, feel free to uh, look at our site, hrhighup.com. Again, thank you, Jeff. We appreciate you today. Thank you, John. It's been my pleasure. And there you have it, folks. Another episode of Higher Up, the podcast for everything human resources and taking your organization to a higher level. Thanks for listening to Higher Up with John Beck. For show notes, updates, and more on how to break the code to unlocking occupational DNA, join the community at hrhigherup.com. And take your business to a higher level. This has been an exclusive production of SharperTalkMedia.com. Join the community.